When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. beloved welcome to another chapter of the book of sean thank you for tuning in got a great show for you tonight my dear sister talasia gordon is here we're going to talk about her journey she's a gospel singer entrepreneur she's a downright superwoman but every now and then superwoman needs a rest too okay <laughs> superman can't be superman all the time sometimes you got to take a nap you got to rest take care of yourself and my sister has a powerful story of what happens when you don't do that when you can't find balance between work life love and i'm not talking about loving other people I'm talking about loving yourself you know what i'm saying i can't wait to listen to her story and i want you to hear it because she is a cautionary tale for all of us on how we have to do better not just by other people but do better by ourselves come on you know you want to say amen or something to that <laughs> We're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean later, but we always start with the headlines. So, Hailey, play the bumper, man. So, you guys, um, we love teachers here at the Book of Sean. I love teachers. I think teachers are a national jewel and a treasure, but not this one. <laughs> Angelica Torres is a teacher in Indiana in a private school who recently admitted, listen to this, that she had a kill list. And on the kill list were students in her class and other teachers and administrators in her school. You heard me. A teacher in Indiana who teaches the fifth grade was arrested for having a kill list. And the kill list was reported by a student who somehow found out and he wind up telling people at the school that this was going on. One of the people who were on the kill list, one of her students, Portia Jones, reported that Torres, this rogue murderous teacher, would-be murderous teacher, said in front of a full classroom that she wanted to kill her middle school friends, her high school friends, and half of the friends she had in her life. And it just goes to show you, beloved, before I get into the teaching part of this, that people are not doing well in 2022. Come on, say amen to that. People are not doing well in 2022. And this is a wonderful example of how not well people are doing. You a teacher in a classroom, getting up in front of your students, telling them that you want to kill your middle school friends, your high school friends, and half your friends? Here's what we can deduce from that. You should not be teaching. You should not be in front of no classroom. See, it just goes to show you that Mental health should now be a qualification for teaching. Everybody say something, because you know I'm right. Mental health should be a new qualification for teaching. And before you can get up in front of a class, I don't care how many certifications you have, how many bachelor's degrees you have, your little master's degree, I'm happy for you. If you are mentally and emotionally imbalanced, I don't want you near my children. How about that? There's a teacher literally has a kill list and students have to deal with that. You see, more than anything else about this story, one of the things that I'm really, how this story really got my heart was because I feel bad for students today. I feel bad for students who have to deal with the world that they were born into. I made a list. So students today have to deal with social media standards for beauty. They have to deal with popularity contests. They're judged by how many likes or followers they have. Huh? They live in a country where half the country doesn't believe in democracy anymore. Huh? People are shooting up schools, and now they have to worry about teachers who want to kill them. I didn't have to deal with that when I went to school. When I went to school, I never had to worry about a teacher trying to kill me. Now, there's some teachers I wanted to. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. 
Pray for me. I ain't all the way delivered. But that was a long time ago. Kids today have to go to school and worry about somebody coming to the school to shoot up the school while they were in class. See, everybody, everybody who knows something about prayer, I don't care what God you pray to or not. If you, if you know something about prayer, you need to pray for students in schools because they have to deal with far more than what we had to deal with when we were coming up. Mental health is important. And I understand that this teacher obviously has some mental health challenges, but I also understand that this is out of order. We cannot have potential serial killers up teaching children, okay? We got to draw the line. We got to draw the line, and that's the line. When you want to kill kids, you don't need to be in the classroom. So let me just say this, and then I'll move on. To all the children of the world and all the students and all the schools in the world, hang in there. We love you, even though we don't act like it all the time. And more than loving you, what you should know that we need you too. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about what happened in San Antonio, Texas. By now, all of you have heard of the San Antonio police officer who being charged with two counts of aggravated assault because he shot a 17-year-old while he was eating a hamburger in a parking lot. Eric Cantu was shot by Officer James Bernan because according to the police officer, the vehicle that Eric, Eric rather was driving evaded him the night before during a traffic stop and the officer suspected that the vehicle was stolen. And if you haven't seen the video, you should probably go Google it because it's something to see. To see a police officer shooting at a car that's pulling off with a 17-year-old sitting in the passenger seat. You really need to see the video. Make sure you Google it after the show. Now, let me just say this so I can be clear, okay? Police officers don't get to shoot people because they evaded them the night before. Everybody say amen. <laughs> Police officers don't get to shoot people because they drove off. You don't get to shoot people because you don't get to shoot people because somebody hurt your feelings. Huh? You don't get to use deadly force because somebody didn't follow your commands. And this is exactly why I just did a story about why some people shouldn't be teachers. This is a story about why some people shouldn't be police officers. Because if your ego is the thing that leads as you encounter the public, you need to find you another job. Find you another job, sir. And luckily, in San Antonio, they fired him. They fired him and charged him right away. All right. That's why I did this story. Not just because of the ridiculous shooting that happened to a 17-year-old while he's eating a hamburger in a car, but I want to know, how is it possible for San Antonio, Texas, to fire a police officer right away, charge him right away, but when it came to Eric Gardner, y'all ain't talking to me, come on, talk to me, somebody. When it came to Breonna Taylor, when it came to Tamir Rice, those officers were not fired, and charges were not brought right away. So what is it, what, what, what's going on in San Antonio that the rest of the country needs to learn about? Why is it taking so long when a police officer kills or shoots an unarmed person for police officers to be dealt with in a way that is proper in the adjudication of the law? I'm not talking about firing police officers for no reason. If you shoot somebody who, is, who doesn't have a gun, you should be fired. <laughs> How do you keep your job? I don't understand it, Juan. I don't get it. Juan's over there. I don't understand it, people. It's, it, see, I want to send my prayers to Eric Cantu, who is unconscious and on life support. And I want to send my prayers and condolences to his family. But I want to say this even more importantly. Eric Cantu should not be in the hospital no more than Eric Gardner or George Floyd should be dead. And we have people with guns and badges who don't have the emotional, psychological, or moral disposition to carry a flower. They need to find them a different line to work. And in the same way that we need to raise our standards for, for the teachers that we choose, we need to stop scraping the bottom of the barrel for the police officers that we hire. Let me move on before I start cussing. 
Talasia, I'm trying not to cuss, girl. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to cuss, but it's about to come out. All right, let's change gears and, and, and maybe take a little lighter note. So NASA recently says that a mission to knock an asteroid off course uh, and to test a planetary defense system succeeded beyond their wildest expectations. The double asteroid redirection test slammed a small spacecraft into an asteroid uh, to see if it could change the orbit of, of the big rock, and apparently it did. And apparently the asteroid poised, posed rather no threat to the Earth because it was 7 million miles away. But the real question, and why I'm doing this story, you ready for this? Is what does NASA know that is not telling the rest of us? I don't want to know. Come on now, don't act like you, don't act like you ain't with me on this. We we've seen this in movies, right? Where they slam the thing in the asteroid, and then the asteroid redirects or blows up. It was only in the movies, right? It was I could name movies that this was in, and now NASA is doing it in real life. And you gonna tell me you don't want to know? what NASA might know. I'm not claiming that there's a conspiracy going on. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a rational person. I believe in reason and science. But I just want to know, if there is something to know, I want NASA to tell me. Come on, y'all. If, if, something, if something's headed this way, I want somebody to tell me. <laughs> I need to know, because if the world might come to the end, to an end rather, in the foreseeable future, I need time to do all the things I would do if I knew tomorrow didn't matter, which is eat pizza until it came out my nose. <laughs> I cracked myself up. Somebody in here to laugh with me. Anyway, I'm just saying, it brings up a rather interesting question, doesn't it? Here it is. What would you do today if you knew that the world was going to end tomorrow? What are some of the things you would do right away? What would you do today if you knew that tomorrow was never going to come? And, and if you don't know the answer to that question, it's because you're not living a thoughtful life. I need you to live a more thoughtful life. And if you've never thought about that, this is a chance to do it right now. What would you do today if you knew tomorrow was never going to come? I, I, see, I know some people may think that question is too fatalistic and too morbid and macabre, but the reality is, you ought to ask yourself that question at least once a year, and whatever the answer to that question is, that's what you should be doing. Whatever you would do, if you knew that tomorrow would never come, that's what you need to be doing right now, because that's the thing you most want to do. And if you're not doing what you most want to do, then I don't understand what you're doing, and I don't understand why you're doing it. You ought to be doing the things that bring you joy, make your big toe shoot up in your boot, <laughs> put a smile on your face, make you want to clap, shout, dance. And if you're not doing that, then what are you doing with your life? You were not born to pay bills. Talk to me. You were not born to pay a mortgage or the rent or the car note. You were not born to impress other people. You were born to do whatever it is that you would do if tomorrow would never come. I'm just saying. If we owe it to ourselves to enjoy the life that we have, because, beloved, you only get one of these. And when this life is over, Assuming there is a heaven or a hell, <laughs> it's a very different, it's a very different journey in either of those two places. But down here, you only get one shot at this. And you better be doing what you love and what you enjoy. Because my advice to all of us, including me, including Talasia, including Juan over there, is you better love it. You better love it right now. All right, let me get one more in before I talk to my guests tonight. This is an interesting story. Comedians. Uh, Eric Andre and Clayton English recently claimed that they were racially profiled by a police officer at the Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport. The two comedians are making the claim that on two separate occasions in 2021 and 2020, they were profiled. Um, apparently, they have filed a lawsuit against Clayton County Police Department and the district attorney's office for um, where they're asking the court to declare that it is unconstitutional for police officers to stop passengers on bridges to their gate, to the plane, and to question them or search their possessions. Eric Andre claims that two officers stopped him on the jetway 
during a layover in Atlanta in April of 2021 and asked him if he had drugs. Clayton English also claims to have had a nearly identical experience six months earlier and said that he felt completely powerless and violated and concerned. Now, I don't know if these two brothers were racially profiled or not. I wasn't there. But let's assume for the moment that they were. Because I find it hard to believe that they would just make up, you know, a lie for no reason. These are two comedians. They're well known. And they don't need any attention. Certainly not attention for this. I don't know. But let's assume for the moment that they are telling the truth. Okay. Here's my point. Do you know how racist you have to be? To racially profile black people in Atlanta? <laughs> I mean, do you know how truly de debaucherous and truly bigoted you have to be to racially profile black people in Atlanta? You know how many black people there are in Atlanta? Atlanta's like the blackest city in America. Ain't no more blacks, blackest city in this country than Atlanta. And you in Atlanta racially profiling black people? First of all, beyond being ridiculous, it has to be exhausting because it, you never get home <laughs> with, with all the black people you'd have to stop. Oh, Lord. But let me let me in because I got I to gotta take a break. See, this is the experience that most black people have had to deal with over, over the course of our lives. Maybe not at the airport. Maybe it was a store. Maybe it was a gas station. Maybe it was somewhere else where... Just being black was sufficient for people to think that we were not virtuous, that we had ill intentions, that we were not honorable and decent and respectful. And that's the burden of blackness that America puts on us. But I reject that burden. I reject anybody putting a burden on my blackness because being black is the thing that I love the most. I'm not against anybody being white or being Latino, a Latina or Asian or indigenous. I love all of God's children, all of God's people, but I love being me. And you ain't gonna never make me feel bad about being what I am. Shout out to the two comedians for holding people accountable. But to all of us watching, don't you let these folks make you feel bad about who you are. And when they stop you, be blacker than you were when they stopped you. <laughs> We'll be right back with my guest tonight, Talaysia Gordon, right after this. Welcome back, everybody. One of the things I know for sure is that moderation and balance are one of the essential greetings to living a good life. If you do anything too much, no matter how good it is or how bad it is, it will lead you in directions that might cost you your life and certainly your peace. My guest tonight is a cautionary tale. And one of the things I want to help her do tonight is discover where it comes from in her past and her journey and her mind and her heart that she gives so much. I'm glad she's here tonight because so many black women give so much to so many people. And in the end, they never give enough to themselves. She's a gospel singer. She's an entrepreneur. She's a superwoman. But I want superwoman to get some rest. Welcome to the show tonight, Talaysia Gordon. Hey, Talaysia. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness. It's such it, an honor. It's my pleasure. I love your smile. I love your energy. And I'm so glad you're here. Um, so listen, I, I wanna I'm gonna walk through your story in a certain way. So just follow my lead through this. Um, because I want people to hear you and feel you, but I also want them to learn from you, right? Um, because we got we got a lot of work to do tonight. So let let's 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 make this thing touch the ground. What happened? that led you to having to go into the hospital? Tell everybody that. Well, Dr. Sean, I am guilty of being a workaholic. I admit it. Um, I believe in working in excellence and giving things, everything you have um, to the point where I don't stop. Um, and I always feel guilty when I do even think about stopping because it's like, you could be doing something productive right now, you know? And because I've kept that behavior up for so long, I think that I definitely neglected um, myself, just, you know, taking care of myself um, because I was going through pain, Dr. Sean, for about two months straight, just piercing pain in my ear, migraines all day. And I was just pushing through it. I was going to work. My music video was about to drop soon and I couldn't stop. I had to keep going. So I pushed through all of it up until the week 
that my music video was supposed to drop. Um, and I went to the doctor's office that Tuesday and I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to go in here and schedule this surgery out. Um, and then, you know, make it work after the music video. When we got there, the doctors were like, yeah, so I need you to sign this medical release form because we're going to do this today. And then you have to be out of work until we release you to come back. And I was like, hold on. I can't do that. My music video is on Friday. I have work. We have a new girl starting this week. It was just so many things happening. And I just said, I can't be out. But they said, you don't have a choice. So it forced me to shut down. And it was a very scary time. I want to admit that um, because my music video was dropping on Friday and I had worked so hard for it. Talasia, and Talasia, at this time, it Talasia, was like my body Talasia, said, stop. Talasia, do, do you see me shaking my head? Yes. And, and that's yes. only because you had a pain in your ear. <laughs> Physical pain was manifesting from the routine, the habits, the pattern, the grind, the tenacity. And, and I would admit, and I say this in a positive way, the hustle, right? Because you're a hustler, you're a go-getter. But it was manifest, all the pressure and the tension was manifesting itself as pain, and you were ignoring it altogether. Yes. Yes. And you ended up in yes, the I hospital, was. right? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, say that again, I didn't hear you. Yep, I ended up in the hospital, and then um, I had to schedule a follow-up appointment, and that follow-up appointment had me shut down for days. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? First life whispers, and then it yells, and then it slaps you on the back of the head. Yep. Yeah. So if life, life can't get your attention by telling you to stop whispering, it, 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 right, it, it will escalate the message. Let, let me ask you this, and I, 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 want, I want you to really dig deep for this. Why do you think you work so hard? What is that about? You know what, Dr. Sean, I, I really am so big on not putting limits on yourself. And I think I work so hard because I have big goals and big goals require big sacrifice. Big sacrifice requires you to not have excuses. It's no excuses. It's no limits. And I think that to get to a successful place, you have to have a certain amount of like drive, a certain amount of like no excuses. You got to get through it because you got to get to the end goal. And I think that that's why I'm here because how do you find that balance when you want to excel at everything? And, you know, I thank God that we found favor and that we're successful in our music so far and my business, I'm trying to build it from the ground up, but finding that balance between taking care of you and taking care of your family and taking care of your responsibilities. I work a nine to, to five and it's really an eight to five. So it's a nine hour shift every day. How do you find that balance? And that's really where I'm at in life. Like I, I want to be successful and I'm going to get there by, any means necessary, but how do I find the balance so that I don't kill myself on the way there? Yeah, that, yes, where? hello, hello. Success means nothing if you ain't here to enjoy it. Let me ask you a question. Aren't you tired? No, no, don't, don't answer, don't answer, don't answer, don't answer, don't answer yet, don't answer yet. Now, I'm, I'm asking your soul the question, not your mouth, not your head. I'm asking your soul. Aren't you tired? Yes. Yeah, there you go. They, no, no, don't, don't, say nothing, don't, say, don't say nothing. Because when you said that, you exhaled. You just let something out. What was that? What happened when you answered that? I think it was just relief at me, you know, I, admitting that I'm tired. I think that sounds like, you know. No, 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 I'm tired. I'm tired. Say that. I'm tired. Say this. And it's okay for me to be tired. And it's okay for me to be tired. And okay. as, as you say that, what do you feel? Because I, I see it in your face. What do you feel? I feel like you don't got the right to be tired. That's how I feel. I'll be honest. That's how I feel. I know. And, and that as much as I love and respect you as my sister, that is the problem. That is the problem. Because what you need to, okay, I, this, this, is, this is not for me, but, but I'm going I'm to give it to you. Um, you you've, you've, heard, you've heard of Harriet Tubman, right? Yes. Yes. And you know Harriet Tubman brought, brought enslaved people out of slavery into the North, right? Yes. 
He was our black Moses, right? Right. Yeah. Do you know what Harriet Tubman did when she was not rescuing people from slavery? No, I don't. She slept. Hmm. She slept. I see it in your face. Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me. Tell me. You know what, Dr. Sean, I'll be honest. I know you're right. I know you're right. Your, your, your head knows I'm right, but not your heart. I know you're right. It's just where do you, where do you find that time to sleep? Well, well, it's, it's not about sleep. because that's, that's why I'm glad you're here. See, it's not about finding the time to sleep. It's about finding the time to love yourself enough to be good to yourself. So that even as you accomplish your goals, you have to bless yourself. When you're, 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 you're a gospel singer, so you're, 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 a, you're a spiritual woman, you, and you, you know the word. When, when God was creating the universe in Genesis, did God wait to the end to celebrate? No. At every stage, God stopped and said, that's good. God made the lion and the bear and the bee. God said, that's good. God made the grass and the flowers. God said what? That's good, because God understood, uh, God understood what I want you to understand. You can't wait till the end to celebrate and be good. You have to do it along the way. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to encourage you to give yourself permission to enjoy and be good to yourself even as you make your way to your goals. Here's my point. It's not either or. You can do both, but you, you will never do either of them as long as you think it's about rest or sleep. It's not about that. It's about you loving yourself. It's about you being good to yourself. It's about you honoring yourself. So let me ask you this, and then I'll take a break, because I think, I think this, this moment has a, has a story behind it. How did you grow up? Um, I think I, I grew up with a good life. I just had a lot of rough times and challenges. Um, and of course, just like anybody else, traumatic moments that I had to heal through, get through, um, and really ask God to help me, you know, process. But I, for the most part, you know, I always say life could have been worse. Somebody yeah. always has it worse than you. Yeah, so yeah, I would yeah. complain. Yes. I grew up with a very good life. I grew up learning about God in church. Um, I grew up with a mother who had a bomb work ethic. I seen her work, 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 and she got where she needed to be. But I also seen okay, my stop, stop, Talisha, stop. Talisha, stop, because that's where you learned it. That's yes. where you learned it. That's where you learned it. That's where yes. you learned it. And, and let, let, first, let, first, let me honor you, because I honor the fact that you've come from difficult moments and, 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 and journeys and mountains that all of us have to deal with. And you survived them, you overcame them, you climbed those mountains, and you beat those odds. So the first thing I have to say to you is well done. Let me just say that. Well done. You did a good job. You're better and bigger than where you came from. And everything that tried to kill you, it didn't work. Come on, Talaysia, don't make me throw my That's shoe. Period, Dr. Sean. I'll throw my shoe. But somewhere along the way, you learned from the people who loved you the most that giving, giving, going, going, working, 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 working is an appropriate way to be in the world. And while it may have worked for her, it's not working for you. It doesn't make her better or you worse. It doesn't make her more tenacious and you lazy. It makes you different people. Different things work for different people. You follow what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, 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 so I'm gonna ask you this question and I want you to answer it on the other side. Here's the question. Tell me when was the moment, when was the moment you learned not to give yourself grace? Yeah, she's gonna answer that on the other side. We'll be right back with the answer to that question. And as she wrestles with that, I want you to wrestle with it too. Because we, we've all learned somewhere along the way not to give ourselves grace. And the grace you give to other people is the grace you need to be feeding to you. We'll be right back. Welcome back everybody. I'm talking to my sister, Talasia Gordon. Talasia, so, 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 so. Um, I asked you a question before we took, took our break. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really interested in hearing the answer. So, so at what moment in the journey do you think you 
picked up the practice of not giving yourself credit? Um, I think that for the journey started really when I started putting um because it took so much it took time. So I knew job to find time for that job and then when I get time to that music and time to my other business and then it was just goals, task. It wasn't penciling time to rest. It was just we got to get this done. We got to get this done. Here's our timeline. Got to be productive. Got to make sure it's excellent every day. And I don't think I learned that grace is necessary until my last concert. My body, my mind, everything was just so tired and worn out. And I said, we got to do things differently next time because I need to give myself that rest time. And I just need to know how to balance it in um, realistically because it's easy to say it. It's harder to actually do it. So that's why I'm here. Yeah, no, and I'm glad you are, by the way. I'm so glad you're here. And, and you're doing an amazing job tonight because you, you, you are so representative of so many people um, who are trying to get there, trying to build it, trying to do it. Um, but they're forgetting the most important part, which is themselves. No, if, 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 you, if you build a beautiful house, a 19-bedroom mansion with 27 bathrooms and 14 pools, and you never move in the house. What good was building it, right? Right. So, so you are building all of this for you, for you. And that's a beautiful thing, and I honor that. I just want to make sure that you are around long enough to enjoy what it is you're building. Um, let me ask you this. Out of all the things that you do, because I'm interested, I want people to know a little more about what you do. Out of all the things that you do, which one of the things that you, uh, I, I mean, your career, your careers, which one of the things that you do that you love the most? Which one do you love the most? Music. Music. That's your thing. Hands down. So, so, so here it is. I'm, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked people in the, uh, in the beginning of the, in the, uh, the headline part of the show. If you knew tomorrow was never going to come, and today was your last day, what would you do today? That's a great question. And I thought about it long and hard and it didn't take me much time to figure out that I would be doing just what I'm doing now. Music is the vehicle for ministry. And that's the goal. That's why we can't stop because ministry will affect other people. It's not about me. And, I, and I'm not building this for me. I'm building, I'm helping and assisting to build the kingdom of God. And that's our purpose. So if tomorrow was the last time, you know, we ever walked the earth and we just had today to make a difference, I would get together with my family and friends and we would continue doing ministry. Okay, I'm, I'm, but, but you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to say something you're not going to like, but you, but you know I love you. You ready for this? Jesus already I'm died. Ready. Jesus already died for you. He, he, don't, he, he don't need you to do it too. <laughs> okay. He, 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 he already gave his life. He already sacrificed himself. And he did that for you. For you. So what he wants is for you to take that gift and to do something that blesses the world, but he wants you to honor the fact that he loved you by convincing you to love yourself. You see, here's what I found. I, I've been, I've been, see, I, I can talk about this because I've been guilty of this. When, when, when you're in this line of work, and you want to help people, help people, help people, help people, sometimes you feel like that's the most important thing. It's the most important thing about you. But the reality is the most important thing about you also happens to be what you bring to the moment, what you bring to the table. So let me ask you this. Um, and this is a hard question. And, and, and I'm looking for a different answer than the one you've given already tonight. Why do you honestly think you don't take care of yourself more and better. I think I put other people above me. There you go. I put them stop. No, stop. Stop. That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Now, now, when, I, when, when you say that, when that comes out of your mouth, out of your spirit, out of your soul, does that sound okay to you? You want my honest answer, right? Yeah. Because my honest answer is yes. And, and no, it, no, no, stop, is, stop, stop, stop. I'm not being rude, but stop. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. It is okay to put people 
and make people a priority in your life. But when you are putting people ahead of yourself to the degree that it puts you in the hospital, you are doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. Yes, you agree? Yes, Dr. Sean. Yes. Yeah, absolutely right. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. To the degree that it puts you in the hospital, you, 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 you have a wonderful heart. You have wonderful intentions. Your practice is the thing you're not doing right. So let me ask you this. How about you start scheduling some me time? And it's not lazy time. It's not sleeping time. It's me time. It's time where you go somewhere and you take care of the gift. You, you're good at giving the gift, but you're not good at taking care of the gift. How much gift can you give if you don't take care of it? So what would you say if you start spending some time, some me time to take care of the gift and the gift is you? What do you think about that? Yes, Dr. Sean, that sounds good. I have vacay time. I need to take, I need to take a vacation. Yes, you do. Listen, out of all the people I've talked to this year, no one that I've met needs a vacation more than you. And, and, <laughs> and more than that, nobody else deserves a vacation more than you. You deserve it. Do you hear me? You climbed out of the yeah. darkness, sister. You spent a night in the day in the deep, and you beat every demon in there. You've come through the fire. You've come through the rain. You survived the flood. You survived what America feels about black women. You survived what America feels about black people, and you came through it, and you're still standing. You deserve to be applauded. You deserve to be celebrated. But you deserve to love yourself enough to know that the gift that you are must be protected. And you have to protect your gift. You know why? Because 10 years from now, we still need you. Five years from now, we still need you. We still need your music and your brilliance. And if we don't have access to it because you're in the hospital, then what are we going to do? <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. It's the best way to put it. You're absolutely yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. So, so promise me this. I got to let you go. But promise me this. You will schedule some time, and I want you to see it differently. Not to rest, not to sleep, but to take care of your gift. Yes, I promise. As okay, soon as we good. get off of here, I'm looking at the calendar, Dr. Sure. Okay, good. Talaja, you made me happy. You made me so happy, okay? Thank you for coming on tonight. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. This is an honor. Thank you so much. No, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Listen, everybody, we will be right back. I, I had a lot of aha moments from talking to Talaja. I learned a lot of things. I hope you did, too. She's a wonderful sister, and we need her. It's like we need you. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. So, listen. That was a powerful, interesting conversation. And I learned some things, and some things that I think all of us can learn from Talasia's journey. Let's do some aha moments. Highly play the bumper, man. Here's what I got from that. What I got from that is we are so committed to helping other people and accomplishing our dreams and our finishing our journey that we forget that the point of all of this is to make sure that we end up enjoying it. What good is a kingdom that you build or a queendom that you build or a castle that you build if you're not there to enjoy it? And if you're doing something so vigorously and so stridently to the degree that it's hurting you and putting you in the hospital or making you feel bad, then maybe you should change what you're doing. Or maybe you should change how you're doing it. Because you can have the right goal, but have the wrong methodology. You can be heading in the wrong direction, but walking in a way that's going to break your knees. See, I think all of us have to do exactly what I tried to tell Talasia to do at the end of that conversation. And that is, honor your gift. Take time for your gift. Take time for who you are. Because when it's all said and done, what can you offer the world if you have not curated it, honored it, and protected it from the things in the world that would love to leave you empty? I didn't come up with this, but the person who did had it right. You see, when the scripture says your cup runneth over, it means that everything that's pours out of the cup is for other people, but everything in the cup is for you. And how can you pour into other people when you're empty? Yeah, remember that. You're not selfish and you're not a bad person if you take care of yourself.
In fact, what you are is someone who knows exactly. All right, let's do some Ask Dr. Sean, people. Play the bumper highly. So you guys always send me amazing videos, and I'm always grateful for the ones that you send. Let's take a look at this one. Hi, Dr. Sean. My name is Deanna, and I'm from Minnesota. Been dealing with a situation that occurred about eight years ago. Something is blocking me from completely being able to move forward. My question for you is, is it always important to make an amends with family members after in a dispute? Or is it okay to let them go? Well, great. first, thank you for the question, and it's a great question. I think it depends on a couple of variables, not the least of which happens to be, it depends on what the situation is and the infraction um, between the two of you happens to have been. There are some things that happen between family members, and they are forgivable, and they are easily forgiven. There are other things that happen between family members that take more time. I don't think it's a hard, fast rule that everybody in your family, you have to be connected with no matter what they've done to you. I think that's a recipe for, to be crazy and to be hurt and to be a victim without acknowledgement. No, just because somebody happens to be a member of your family doesn't mean that they have carte blanche and unfettered access to you in your life. There's some people you do have to wall off. There's some people you do have to draw a boundary because they're not able to draw one for themselves. And what they've done is so heinous and so hideous and so horrible and so egregious that it requires time to do things that, you know, a sedentary, uh, immediate conversation won't do. See, what I would say to you is protect yourself and your heart and your journey and your life, but also try to leave yourself open to the possibility that maybe down the future, you guys might be able to have a conversation that is rooted in forgiveness, that's rooted in grace and mercy, and rooted, rooted in accountability. Because a part of the process isn't just you forgiving them, it's them being held accountable for what they did, lest they do it to somebody else. You see, we always have to remember that when we let people get away with things, it silently gives them permission to go ahead and do the same thing to somebody else. And sometimes we have a moral obligation to protect the rest of the world by holding people accountable for the horrible things that they did to us. But it takes time. And give yourself the time that you need to heal. Give yourself the time that you need to step back and to really understand what happened, why it happened, the part you played in it, and what they did to you. Don't ever rush. Don't let, no, don't let anybody rush you into accepting something or doing something or accepting somebody before you're ready. And I wouldn't say it's a blockage. It's not a blockage, my sister. It's a process because forgiveness is a journey. Mercy is a journey. Grace is a journey. It takes time for us to get there. I wouldn't say that you're blocked. I would say that you're in process and continue along the way. And as you grow, as you learn, as you live, as you make mistakes, as you encounter your own fallibility, it might empower you to see the fallibility of other people in different ways. So I would say to you, when it's all said and done, just keep on living. Keep on living. Protect yourself from people who don't respect the life that you have no matter if they're your family or not. Because just because you're my blood doesn't mean you get to cut me whenever you want to. How about that? Take a break, we'll be right back right after. Daddy lives a life of luxury because God wants us to have everything that we desire and deserve. Most people in my church are struggling financially, including myself. I don't want to continue to pay my church tithes because I'm obviously only supporting his lifestyle. Should I tell him how I feel or just find a new church? How about you do both? <laughs> yeah, how about you do both? You know, first let me say this. Let's talk about tithing real quick. I'm not going to get all churchy and biblical, but I, I do need to say this. I do believe that when you tithe to a church or you give to a church, what you do with your resources that you're giving to out of a spiritual practice and principle, and what the church does with the money that you give, they are accountable for. You've done your part. Right? You've, you've applied the principle of tithing, and now whatever the church is doing with it, they're accountable for that. Okay? But I also think that it's important in, in 2022 
that people are cognizant and aware of, of, of what institutions are doing with the resources that they, that they receive. You know what I'm saying? Maybe there was a time in 1947 or 1953 or something like that when you just gave your money and you just, whatever they do is what they do. Those days, those days are gone. People want to know what's going on. And that's why I gave you the advice that I gave you. Maybe you need to do both. Maybe you need to get to the place where you say to your pastor, you know what? The people in this church are struggling financially. Nobody in here is a millionaire. All of us are just trying to make it, and I'm trying to just make it too. I'm one check by one check by one check and probably two checks away from being homeless. And it does not sit well with me to see that what I'm providing as a principle that a, a faith to this church is being used to aggrandize your lifestyle and all that you want to do. I think it's important that the leader hear that. I think it's important that he have a self-check moment where he comes into confrontation and into conversation with people who can see his shortcomings and are able to say to him, look, that's not cool. Now, let me just warn you, don't expect him to have a positive reaction. Don't expect him to, don't expect him to pat you on the back and say, well done, my sister or my brother, because I'm telling you, he's going to have a visceral reaction because his lifestyle has become a habit. But I think it's important that leaders are loved enough to be told the truth. And maybe after he hears the truth, he might be able to make some adjustments into how he presents himself, manifests himself, and what the church does with the resources. I also said that maybe you should leave that congregation because clearly you have some negative feelings about the leadership of the church. And I, I never think that it's a good idea for a person when they've turned sour on a leader to stay in the organization because it's only going to fester and get worse. It's only going to agitate you and it's only going to dis distract and deter you from why you're there. If you really are fundamentally diametrically opposed to what a leader happens to be doing, then you owe it to yourself to have a conversation with the leader about what you think and feel and to liberate yourself so that you can go somewhere and get what you need. Because you don't need to be in church fighting political battles about money or anything else. You need to be in church feeding, growing, and watering your soul. Because life is tough. Huh? And people are crazy. Huh? And bills are due. And you need all the Jesus, all the God, and all, all the Holy Ghost you can get to help you make it from one day to the next. That needs to be your focus. So go find you somewhere where you can go, come back to what it's really about, center yourself, come back to the middle, and grow beyond your bills and your circumstances. Because I dare you to believe, you ready? I dare you to believe, come on, you ready? I dare you to believe that the income you have now will not be the income you have always. Something good is going to happen to you somewhere else. <laughs> All right, somebody else sent me a video. Let's take a look at this one. Hi, Dr. Sean. My name is Shanique from Georgia. How do you tell the difference between compromising your relationship or settling for what you want? Great, great, great question. Thank you for that question. Here's how you tell the difference. What is it doing to you? If you are violating things about you that you said you would never violate, then you're not compromising, you're settling. Compromise is when you're able to say to someone, I like things a certain way, but I'm willing to negotiate with you so that the way that I like it doesn't have to be the way that I get it all the time. But when you are sacrificing, who you are, when you are doing things that are diametrically opposed to who you know yourself to be, when you are feeling bad about yourself and you're feeling horrible about what you're doing, when you can't look at yourself in the mirror, when you know that you're connected to somebody who, who, who's doing something that's hurting you and you know you're being hurt and yet you keep your mouth closed, you don't say nothing because you don't want confrontation, that's not compromising. That is violating the fundamental tenets of you. And nobody, I don't care how sexy he is or how sexy she is or how beautiful they may be, nobody is worth the pain and the misery and the, and the, and, and the horror of violating yourself. And nobody, first of all, who loves you should want you to violate yourself. Whenever you're connected to somebody who would allow you to violate the tenets and the, and, the, and the principles and the best of who you are, you are connected to a wolf 
who wants to make you their meal. You know how you know? You know because you already know. You know because you ask the question. And when you ask the question, a part of your soul and your spirit already knows this ain't about compromise. I'm violating myself. So let me move past your question and give you what you really want. Let me give you all the room you need to liberate yourself and to set yourself free and to understand that the person who's asking you to violate yourself ain't the only person in the world that you could be connected to. There's love out there waiting for you. There's joy out there waiting for you. There's another relationship out there waiting for you. And that person won't ask you to violate the best of who you are. They will ask you to compromise because there is no relationship without negotiation. But violation, totally out of order. All right. Woo. I got fired up with that. <laughs> Listen, everybody, let me, in, let me end with this. Make sure that as you go forward in life, that you are keeping your balance. Talasia taught us tonight that we have to grow and not just gain. The goal is not just to get. The goal is to make sure that we enter into the best season of our lives, healthy and whole. What good, does it, what good does it matter if you come to the best moment of your life, but you are broken and frayed when you get there? Be good to you, beloved. Feed yourself some grace and mercy. Be kind to you, and the rest of the world will respond to how you treat yourself. I'm trying to tell you, when it's all said and done, you deserve it. You've earned it, and I want that for you. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Y'all be good to each other, all right? And remember, I love you. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, radio has been called theater of the mind. So let's tell a story with sound effects. Wow, it's like I was in the story. Almost makes me forget this was supposed to be about saving big with Progressive. <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! <sighs> and this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. 